Welcome to Big Time Dicks, the show where we take a closer look at the laws and lawmakers fucking up your life. I'm Joanna Rothkoff, Managing Editor at Jezebel. And I'm Prachi Gupta, Senior Reporter at Jezebel. And also joining us is staff writer Ellie Shackett. Hi. Ellie <laughs> just got off of a plane from Puerto Rico and hasn't read the news for five days. I have not. And guys, I feel great. And can't wait to just let watch that feeling sort of fizzle out. You're like about a, to crush your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a tiny deflating balloon. This week, Donald Trump tweeted a gif of himself beating up CNN. Oh okay, first, we don't have an interview this time, so yeah. this is only <laughs> oh, good. So I'm our first segment, The Week in Weenies. All right, first up for our weenies is Hobby Lobby. Do you guys remember Hobby Lobby? Of course I remember Hobby Lobby. How can Lobby. we forget? The, How could like, we ever forget? It's like they sound like a cult. Um, I've never been to a Hobby Lobby, so I say that. I haven't either, but I also am not very into crafting. <laughs> I was, I was a, known to make a friendship bracelet or two. I did that, <laughs> yeah, in my past. So Hobby Lobby is an Oklahoma-based arts and crafts store, and it's run by the Green family. The Green family, they are evangelical Christians, and you might remember them for their role in the Supreme Court ruling in 2014. They won the case that said basically birth control protections mandated by Obamacare could be exempt from covering birth control if it goes against the owner's religious beliefs. So according to a federal complaint filed on Wednesday, for the past decade, They have been smuggling over 5,000 ancient biblical artifacts from the Middle East. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did you know that? I saw saw a headline about it, and I was like, "Mm, I'm not going to read this story. I'm really excited to hear about it now, though. Like, like they had been warned years ago by an expert that the artifacts could be stolen because there's an underground, like, black market for all these artifacts. And they were just like, whatever. We don't care. We're going to keep doing this. And now— They owe $3 million in fines. They have to give up all of the artifacts to the DOJ, and they're going to be more tightly regulated. And I think it's worth pointing out that a lot of these artifacts, their origin is Iraq. And in a disturbing coincidence, I'm just going to call it that, ISIS is also among the groups that illegally sell ancient artifacts. So, you know. Oh, my God. Former former, um, Gawker... Writer Sam Biddle tweeted that the greatest story. I saw that tweet. Of the, I mean, it was a good, <laughs> it was really a good, good tweet. tweet. He said the greatest story of the modern era would be if Hobby Lobby had been secretly funding ISIS oh. for years, and like maybe they are. So I have a question: well, What were they doing with the artifacts? Like, what did they want them for? Okay, so Hobby Lobby has been collecting a lot of biblical artifacts. They're making a museum of the Bible, and so I would imagine that this is part of their museum of the Bible. Like having artifacts from the Middle East, probably Christian origin, these Abrahamic religion origin. So this is a good story that I missed. I feel like, okay, this is one good story that I would have enjoyed. I think it, we we all had a laugh. <laughs> Our next beanie is Louisiana Congressman Clay Higgins. Okay, so he just went to the Auschwitz Memorial. Uh-huh. Which like, if you can even imagine, that's like— So he—that he, he that was his vacation—that was his summer July vacation. <laughs> this is July He went to the Auschwitz holiday. Memorial I mean, in Poland. Yeah, and- let's listen to the very powerful video that he made from there. This is why Homeland Security must be squared away, why our military must be invincible. This is the suffocation cell 
punishment cell. He was like calling for Republican values of protecting the state while he was inside a gas chamber. Obviously, the Auschwitz Memorial was like, don't do this. So they tweeted, everyone has the right to personal reflections. However, inside a former gas chamber, there should be mournful silence. It's not a stage. These poor, like, Holocaust museums these days. They're always having to, like, give Condemn. out angry statements. Yeah, they're always, there's so much content. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like if you've, a, it's like there are very few ways to tell if you're on the right side of history. One of the few <laughs> ways to tell is if a Holocaust memorial is not on your side. Correct. Which is like a very straightforward. It's a pretty good rule. Yeah. It's like a, it's, good, a good rule to keep in mind. It doesn't mind. seem to be really sinking in with anyone, but maybe <laughs> yeah. at some point it will. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so our next weenie is the White House. Ellie, would it surprise you to know? That there is a large pay gap in the Trump administration. Prachi, I am shocked. <laughs> oh, I, th- I, I thought you would be. You can't see me, but I just fell under the table <laughs> yeah. and I'm rolling around in shock and You're horror. Silently screaming. <laughs> so under the Trump administration, the pay gap between female staffers and male staffers has actually tripled. And women get paid 63 cents to every man's dollar. That is according to a new report by the very conservative think tank American Enterprise Institute. Um, They arrived at that number by comparing the median salaries of White House staffers, according to a newly released report of all the salaries. Um, But other outlets, they when they compared the mean, the average mean salary, they found that there's still a substantial pay gap, um, a little less, but they found a pay gap of 80 cents to the dollar. But either way. Sucks to be a woman in the White House. Not, I think absolutely nobody is surprised by this. Wow. Yeah, but. I want to know what, like, Hope Hicks's salary is. I feel like her salary is, like, a oh. free salad and a pat on the head. Oh, no. It's, like, a good salary. No, her salary is like, one of the highest. Her salary yeah. is the salary ceiling. We can, I can just tell oh, you. Say guess. Oh, okay. Say who you want to know. <laughs> Hope Hicks, Steve Bannon, Kellyanne Conway. All those people make the same amount. Omarosa. It's the How much ca- do it's they the make? ceiling. The hundred and one hundred seventy nine thousand yeah. seven hundred. Okay, I yeah. was totally wrong about Hope Hicks, and maybe that joke was offensive. I don't know. <laughs> no, it wasn't because I know what she made on the campaign. She made very little. I don't right. remember, but like on the campaign, she made no money because nobody knew but that nobody... she was going to be like an important person. Right. What does Stephen Miller make? He makes the same amount. Okay. This is the pay ceiling. So all the, the all the characters all the that we know, we know and love, yeah, <laughs> make that one hundred seventy nine thousand right. figure. Right, right. <laughs> but like um, Aaron Mew, who's an operations manager, Aaron spelled like E, makes fifty six thousand dollars. Okay, the job doesn't seem to be a super fun one or a super easy one. No. I would say working at the White House in general tends to be an extremely stressful and time-consuming job. But in this particular White House, I'm pretty sure people just don't sleep because there's just a never-ending cascade of, of like, drama. records to manage. <laughs> yeah. Tweets to, <laughs> tweets to respond to. Voter rolls to purge. <laughs> yeah. You know. Round people to kick out. Yes, exactly. So our next weenie is somebody that I hold quite dear to my heart. Um, His name is Chris Christie, and he is New Jersey's most hated governor. Um, (laughs) His approval rating is at 
uh, <laughs> a strong 15%. That doesn't even have a letter grade. Not that yeah, anybody cares. It is um, astounding. Once I got a grade on an algebra 2 test that I hadn't studied for, it is a 38. And I got taken aside. And this is so much worse than that. How my, did you react? My ma- I was horrified. And then my math teacher, a very nice man named Bruce, took me aside into the hallway. And he said, so Joanna, are you going to tell your parents about this? And I was like, no. And he said, <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> wrong again, Joanna. <laughs> wrong in a series of other wrong answers. That's so scary. This is a story. This is just a beautiful, classic controversy. Uh, It seems like it's from another era. Um, Chris Christie basically has such a low approval rating that he doesn't, he he just doesn't give a shit anymore. He does not care. He's going to do whatever he wants to do because he's not running for re-election. So the New Jersey government was shut down after budget negotiations were stalled. And this was, you know, something that Chris Christie was partially responsible for. So all the beaches were shut down on, I believe, Saturday of 4th of July weekend. The only person who was on the beach in New Jersey was Chris Christie and his family. You and said this was like a story from another era. This is a story of like kings. Yeah. This like is medieval a, kings. This right. is a, and the story of our modern day Republican controlled government. It's That's incredible. also true. Um, yeah. So he he sort of, he and his family sort of posed for some really iconic helicopter photographs. And um, I think on the 4th of July, somebody did, I saw a picture of like a really good sand sculpture of Chris Christie, like lounging in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> he is really not liked I mean, in his state. I mean, as we all know, in, in times of political turmoil, our best art is created. <laughs> Like it's that true. sand art. It's true. I've been. I mean, I've been waiting for the really good art to happen, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like I just witnessed it. My, my favorite. Some of my. Fa- there are so many favorite parts to this ridiculous story. Um, one of my favorite parts is like his response when confronted. So like at first when he was asked like how he spent his Fourth of July, he was like, "I didn't get any sun today." But then they showed them the photo, and then his spokesperson was like. He did not get any sun. He had a baseball hat on. <laughs> that was good. Like, that was that's really a really good. nice response. That's like, yes, so- I was most mad that Chris Christie's tan was better than my tan. And then in in like a follow-up press conference, he he said this. He said, "You know, shame on those people who wanted to make this as if we were taking advantage of something." Now, if they'd flown that plane over that beach, and I was sitting next to a 25-year-old blonde in that beach chair next to me. That's a story. I wasn't sitting next to a 25-year-old blonde. I was sitting next to my wife of 31 years. Freaking rude to Mary his Pat. wife. <laughs> to Mary's Mary like Pat. rude. It's like Mary Pat's like, Mary Pat's like I'm God. not desirable. Damn it. Another day <laughs> yeah. in a life with Chris Christie. <laughs> I don't know. Mary Pat seemed to be having a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah, Mary Pat was enjoying herself as far as I could tell. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that is one story that I'm really, I was happy to read. I mean, not happy for all the people in New Jersey who didn't get to go to the beach that day, but right. But happy just because it was an incredible tale of a bad man <laughs> doing a bad thing. <laughs>
time. Usually, this would be the segment where we do our dick of the week, but instead of that, we're going to play a game because, honestly, we need to have some fun. You got to have fun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This game is called Real Villain or Fake Villain. So I'm going to read a quote, and then Prachi and Ellie are going to guess, first of all, if it's a real-life villain or a villain from popular fiction, and then also who said it. What if it's both? What if it's like when Donald Trump allegedly plagiarized like a line from Bane in one of the Batman movies. Okay. As he did. I can guarantee that is not one of my quotes. That would have been a real trick. That would have been a trick question. That would have been very tricky. Fortunately, I did not do it. (laughs) Okay. Here is the first one. You look like the Incredible Hulk's wife. Uh, Donald Trump? Prachi, do you have a guess? I would have guessed that as well. No! (laughs) (laughs) Who is it? It's Simon Cowell. Oh, my God. Simon Cowell? Yeah. Simon? From the— From From American Idol. Oh, my God. pretty brutal. He's extremely brutal. We forget, but he would be a bad president, too. (laughs) (laughs) We do do forget that. (laughs) We don't think enough about that. We don't think enough about the threat that Simon Cowell poses. To America. Simon Cowell, a a British man. (laughs) You're right. Okay. Blank Blank is unattractive both inside and out. I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. Okay, that does sound like Donald Trump. Yeah, that's definitely Donald Trump. You're right. (laughs) You're right. It's an old quote. It's definitely like a, a Trump sentence construction. Okay, here's the next quote. Shave off your beard and wear a dress. You would be a great female impersonator. Is it... Well, it's not Voldemort. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's the quote again? Shave off your beard and wear a dress. You would be a great female impersonator. Wow, I have no idea. That doesn't sound like Trump. I couldn't say. Yeah, I don't think it's Trump. It's Simon Cowell again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Are these all Simon Cowell? Those are the only two Simon Simon Cowell. Oh, my God. This is really villains, like, widely defined. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I didn't know Simon Cowell was in the... Sure, he's a fictional villain. (laughs) Well, a real villain. Okay, next one. We'll be speaking with Italy this morning. Oh, that's That's Donald Trump. That's definitely Donald Trump. (laughs) I like that. That was a good tweet. Sometimes he tweets just to, like, up... He sort of seems to forget that he's not on his notes app. Yeah. Or not just, like, updating hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just like that one. Okay. Next one. On this day, we mark a transition. For a thousand years, the Republic stood as the crowning achievement of civilized beings. But there were those who had set us against one another, and we took arms to defend the way of life against the separatists. In doing so, we never suspected that the greatest threat came from within. I mean, this makes me feel embarrassed because it it feels historical and related to a history thing that I should know. <laughs> yeah, but it. But I'm trying to think like separatists. Is that is this like what is it? Steve Bannon? Do you have a guess? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Emperor Palpatine in Revenge oh of the God. Sith. There we go. Okay. okay, so he's a big Star Wars villain. So basically, yeah, Steve Bannon. So basically, Steve yeah. Bannon. Okay. Mm. Okay. They next quote. They use their movie stars and singers and awards shows to repeat their narrative over and over again. And then they use their ex-president to endorse the resistance. Dana Loesch? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's Dana. 
In so, an NRA ad. So yeah. this was an NRA ad. But let me just read the last part because I did think it was kind of Emperor okay, Palpatine-ish. Okay, okay. It, it really it is. is very the, cinematic. The only way we stop this, the only way we save our country and our freedom is to fight this violence of lies with the clenched fist of truth. Wow. Yeah. I mean, as Anna Merlin has said, I when you have brown hair and you're a woman— a right wing talking head, you have to be like three times as crazy. That's so to, true. To make to really make your mark. So Dana Loesch is so like so that people don't get confused and think you're a Democrat. Yeah, because people would be like, she looks like a Democrat. And just for context, <laughs> this NRA ad was basically the one that caused a bunch of controversy and sort of essentially semi called for civil war. <laughs> just like semi, just a little bit called for Republicans to shoot liberals. But totally. Not totally, but kind of. The only way we stop this, the only way we save our country and our freedom is to fight this violence of lies with the clenched fist of truth. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. The next quote is, It's up to us to speak up against the three most dangerous voices in blank, academic elites, political elites, and media elites. I'm going to guess Steve Bannon again. <laughs> Is it Ann Coulter? No, but you both, you guys do both seem to guess real villain. Real life villain, not real, fictional yeah. villain. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah. It's Wayne LaPierre, the executive vice president and CEO of the NRA. Okay. okay. Yeah. Which is like a very scary thing to have the NRA head. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The NRA is just really leaning in to their, uh, to their villain vibe. <laughs> right. To their cinematic villain vibe. Okay. The next one. I'm sorry for this one. The list goes on and on. The rebellious, the kind-hearted, the brave, the clever, the individualists, the people who wore glasses, the literate, the popular, the complainers, the lazy, those with talent, those with trouble getting along with others, and those with soft hands. These people were corrupted and lived off the blood and sweat of the farmers and the poor. Uh, uh. <laughs> if you don't know it, you can just say real or fake. I think it's fake. I think it's from a fake villain. I think it's real. It's from Ooh. Children of Cambodia's Killing Fields. Holy shit. So I'm just saying, like, there is a precedent oh for wanting God. to kill the academic elite. Joanna, that was... <laughs> Sorry. Damn. That was, that was tough. Sorry, was I just want to make dark. everyone that think. Was... <laughs> Sorry, fuck. I just want to make you... Uh, <laughs> Can I even say that word? I don't... Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> mm, yeah. Wow. wow. That got real. It got... I mean, I feel the it's vibe, all been real. The vibe at this table is low, but you know, I'm ready to. I'm ready to turn it we around. Have a, we, we have a couple. We're more. explorers discovering new lows every week. Yeah. Okay. Next quote: The world is changing. Who now has the strength to stand against the armies of blank and blank? To stand against the might of blank and blank and blank. <laughs> Together, blank, we shall rule blank. The old world will burn in the fires of industry. The forests will fall. Sauron. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's not Sauron. It's Saruman. I was going to guess Lord of the Rings, but I, could, I couldn't figure out who. So, wait, is Sauron the like— The fire lion. Sauron is like the eye. Yeah. And Saruman is like the wizard. The, the wizard who's been like, like Sauron's bitch. Yeah, gone to, well, like, the sorry, dark side. but I've, I'm going to take that I said I, as yes. a win. <laughs> I know it's not right, but I, it's so right. 
so impressed. Oh, wow, I got so excited. I had to blank out some. I didn't write this quote right because I had to blank out the armies of Isengard and Mordor. <laughs> wow. You, you really knew your audience. I did. Crossing and I were both like, oh. I was like, I was, I was on the you edge guys knew too. It. I knew it was from Lord of the Rings, but. Okay, next one. <laughs> Blank wanted to destroy the state, and that's my goal, too. I want to bring everything crashing down. Steve Bannon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay, um, someone knows there's Steve Bannon. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm treating this like Jeopardy, and it's really annoying. <laughs> I just, I needed to win. And it was important that I won. <laughs> okay, here's our last one. I'm not a schemer. I try to show the schemers how pathetic their attempts to control things really are. Introduce a little anarchy, upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. Is it the Joker? That's what I thought, too. It is the Joker. (laughs) That was it, guys. I hope you all, um, I don't know, if, if we had to take away some takeaways from this game. It's really, it's really, I would say that the lines between fact and fiction are... Perhaps blurring. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is the takeaway. Thank you. week on the show, we take a minute to discuss, you know, what we're doing to cope with the administration because it's stressful. Um, it's called How to Handle the Dicks. Guys, how are you handling the dicks? I stayed in an Airbnb in Puerto Rico and um, I'm now following the husband and wife who owned it and they both are beautiful and have incredible taste in interiors. <laughs> um so I've just been looking through uh, basically this woman's Instagram account for a good like 48 hours. <laughs> and it's really great. It's just like giving me a lot of ideas for how I want to. I've, I've decided I'm going to start burning incense, wow. which I used to feel was a weird thing to do. And now I think is the correct thing to do. <laughs> it is the right. It's it is the, the right, right thing to do. She um, made me feel like it, this is something that's normal and good to do. I burn incense in my apartment sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It just smells like I would I'm not gonna say like my childhood because it's not like we had incense in our home at mm-hmm. all times but you know when you would go to and I'm not religious but like when you would go to temple or whatever you would smell them there or like sometimes there. when I went to like other people's homes in the Indian community it would it'd smell like that so it's just like yeah. a warm scent for me that's how I feel about the smell of candles like not scented candles like unscented candles unscented candles really what's the smell of yeah. an unscented candle it's like fire you and like, like when fire, fire goes out because it reminds me of hanukkah oh, oh my god <laughs> i do like the smell of hanukkah <laughs> and it's a specific smell <laughs> so okay. but to get that you have to light them and then just like blow them, blow them out right away yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what the yeah. smell is okay. <laughs> <laughs> my candle habit has gotten really expensive so i think i'm gonna buy this woman's incense she burns the temple of india incense and it is the shit and it was great. <laughs> How are you handling the dicks, Joanna? Me? Well, <laughs> who me? <laughs> oh, me? Well, last night I just went to an exercise class that I already <gasps> kind of told you guys about, but I'm gonna say it again oh because it's really on the mind. <laughs> it's 
so it's a this place. It's in the East Village. I was 100% the ugliest person there because the class was populated exclusively by Wilhelmina models <laughs> who were there on a Wilhelmina excursion. This is very specifically my nightmare. This is, <laughs> it's specifically my nightmare, too. Extremely New York. Like, it was so New York. I was really the whole why time. Why sometimes I don't leave my apartment? <laughs> well, I did it, and I was like, you know, where else? I w- Actually, when I was, like, doing weird stuff in the gym, I was like, think of people in the 1800s. They can't even imagine what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> if a person from the 1800s was, like, spirited to your exact position, <laughs> yeah. I think they would just— Combust. They would really think they were in space. In, in, in space or in hell. Or in hell. You're right. That's a good one. <laughs> Possibly it, it's in like hell. a dark room. There's a smoke machine. This place is called Switch Playground. It's a smoke machine. There's like this very muscular Australian man who's not wearing a shirt being like, switch! <laughs> Every two minutes to like tell you to go to a different station. And it's just like models like <gasps> bouncing on trampolines. Were they all in like... Perfect sports bras. Was what yes, was everyone they were wearing? In amazing outfits, workout outfits that I couldn't even have imagined up. <laughs> if I had With like cool cutouts, like one is like a belly shirt vest that zips what? up the what? front, like who? and also biker shorts. Who has I mean. a zipper touching their body when no, they sweat? It looked very nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne was like, I already ordered. Three. I already know this is good. If I wore this outfit. <laughs> I think it's good never. <laughs> so what would you say your, like, favorite thing and your least favorite thing about this exercise class were? Sure. Okay. Your so rose you, and your thorn, My you rose will. and my thorn of this specific <laughs> exercise class. My rose – no, my thorn first. My thorn is that you're paired up with a partner if you don't come with a partner already and you do every station. And my partner, I think, felt a combination of, like, competitive with me. Like, he was much better than me and also, like, I did some things better than him. And so he never, like – bonded with me. Mm. He just kind of like looked at me and then looked away. There was tension. There was tension, definitely. I don't want to work out with a partner ever. Yeah, you didn't have to interact with them, but like it could have been fun. Like you could have been like nice or like this is hard. It could have been (laughs) fun, but it feels like just with the group of people you were with, the chances of any of those people being a fun partner feel, it just feels low. Yeah. And then my rose was, um, they... I'll give you high fives at the end, all the trainers. So I, like, high-fived a bunch of very um, bulky men. Wow, that's cool. I bought, like, four sessions with a personal trainer because I was feeling overly confident about my finances. And the last session, we had to end early. (laughs) Why did you have to end early? I got – I was too tired. And you're like, (laughs) I can't – Continue. I was really suffering from allergies. And you were like, please, I cannot go He was on. like, I don't think you can go anymore. I mean, let's just <laughs> He stopped it. I didn't request that it be stopped. He initiated us stopping. And I was like, you're right. I'm going to die. He was I like, mean, I just don't want you to get injured. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> so. I think the important part is not that you stopped or finished whenever. It's that you that started in the first place. You're right. One might say that that's true for life and politics. <laughs> I, so I was trying to <laughs> transition. Didn't quite make it, but I think it worked. I think it is I a think. good end. <laughs> it was beautiful.
Thank you so much for listening to Big Time Dicks. And thank you so much to best friend of the podcast, Ellie Shackett, for joining us. This show is produced by Levi Sharp and Gabriela Sierra with editorial oversight by Kate Drees. Manda Mofidi is our executive director of audio. We featured music by Stuart Wood and Aaron Leader, and the episode was mixed by Brad Fisher. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can find the show. And you can also find us on Panoply, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got a big time dick you want to tell us about? Send a voice note or email to bigtimedicks at jezebel.com or tweet at Jezebel using the hashtag bigtimedicks. We'll see you next Friday, and who knows what the world will look like then. <laughs>